0: Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. This is Jerry Galloway, and I'm the pastor of LHA Church. Thanks for joining us today. I pray this blesses you, strengthens your faith to know that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. This morning, Let's go together to John chapter 15. Actually, I think what we're going to do, we're just going to start. We're just going to start the process and the Lord's already done some things here and I don't want to try to compete with with what he's already done. So we're just going to start the process and we'll probably carry on then for into the next week. You know, friends, you and I, uh, we are living in difficult. We're living in perilous times. We uh, are facing great difficulties. And the truth is, Sometimes the heaviness of those things can bring us to a place we feel like quitting. We feel like giving up. You ever in your life felt like flying the flag of surrender? Just saying, I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of the things I'm going through. I'm tired of the difficulties that I have faced. I think we've probably all been there at one point or another in our lives. Today, I want to share something with you that will carry you through the difficult times. It'll be there with you when you're in difficult valleys of life. It will give you strength when you feel weak. It will help you to keep putting one foot in front of the other to continue to press on. Our text this morning is John 15, but the verse that I want to use to begin our thought process this morning comes from Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. And it's these words very familiar to you, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord. You'll notice in that passage on the screen, three words before that. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. There is nothing in this world that can bring joy to your heart. Nothing in this world that man can buy nothing that man can acquire that will bring joy to your life when you are going through the valley of the shadow of death. The world has nothing to offer you that will defeat the spirit of discouragement and sadness. And I will not tell you, I won't even begin to try to relate to you that you will never in this life face uh, sadness and grief and sorrow. Because we will all walk those paths. But I want to share something with you today. That will take the sting. Out of the death. Will take the sting out of the separation. It will take the sting out of the discouragement. It'll take the sting out of the heaviness. Many of you have uh, visited before uh, someone's loved one passes away and we're called upon to, to go maybe to a funeral or viewing. And I don't know if you're like I am, but many times I've been there with people and people are grieving as most of us at one point in our lives have had to do and we try we 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 try to find the best word don't we and sometimes we kind of fumble around with it because we're not sure what to say it's it's like i want to help you but i'm not sure what the words are to say that's because my friend there's nothing in this world Nothing humanly speaking that has the ability to take the sting out of the hurt. Nothing has the ability to take the sting out of the valley of the shadow of death. But I will tell you this, there is a promise for you and I as believers, and I would tell you today, if you've not found Jesus Christ yet as your Savior and Lord, my friend, I wish I could promise this to you, but I will tell you, there is no way you can accept Experience this because it is the joy of the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ yet, if you've not come into a relationship with Him, you and I forfeit the experience that we find when we come to Jesus Christ. There will be times, Psalm 30 and verse 15, excuse me, 30 and verse 5, It says this, weeping may endure for the night. You ever had a night like that? You ever had a season in your life that was like that? Weeping may endure for the night, but here's the promise. Joy comes in the morning. It is a season, but God knows he's the author. He's Lord of the seasons. Joy has the power to overtake the spirit of discouragement. Joy has the power to conquer depression and despondency. Joy has the power to give you something stable to stand on when the storms are raging around you. You know, I felt uh, challenged in my heart this morning in knowing what direction I was going to share I felt challenged in my heart to share this this morning. Sometimes I think we misunderstand what joy is. Um, have you ever been around someone who is joyful? You might describe that as being very up. You might describe that as giddy. You might describe that as very animated. They're just a very joyful person. Ford McGibbon is a joyful person. <laughs> You know, I've known Ford for a long time, and very I don't know any time that I've, walk, I've walked in a room and Ford was there, just going, oh, it's just terrible. <laughs> he walks in the room and brightens the room up. My wife has always been a very joy-filled individual. And I think sometimes we misunderstand what joy is because we think if I'm going through this uh, season, and I, you know, as most of you know, Paul and I have both walked through a season this year that we did not anticipate, we were not expecting. And I will tell you, uh, it, it has been probably the most difficult season of my life, um, and sometimes we get the idea when we talk about joy in the midst of those difficult seasons, we think that somehow joy is this giddy feeling on the inside, that, that tears won't flow. I tell you, tears will flow. There, there is going to be some days we're going to sorrow. The Bible says, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 it doesn't say we don't sorrow, but it says we don't sorrow like those who have no hope. It's the sting. The sting is pulled out. The sting is pulled away from it. It's it's that side of, yes, we walk through difficulty, and I guess really what I want to share with you today is some people say, well, if I am uh, if I'm weeping, if I feel sorrowful, if I feel grieving, I must not have joy. Not the case. Not the case. You ever have some days, let's just be real honest. You've went through a tough time. Let's just be. You, how many of y'all have days you don't feel like smiling? You know what I mean? You just kind of walk in the room and, and, you know what I mean? You feel like, oh, I've got to be up. And you're like, you know what? I'm just not going to be up today. I'm going to be the one person at work, got up on the wrong side of the bed. We just feel that way. How many of y'all know that's just life? How many of y'all ever have some days, okay, I know it's sunny. How many of y'all ever get in a bad mood? No, 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 no. I'm going to ask this question again. How many of y'all ever get in a bad mood? Yeah, okay, there you go. First time I only had about half of you. Yeah. How many you ever have difficult days where you feel discouraged? Just be honest. I have days I feel discouraged. It's okay. We feel shocked. You know, one of the things often, uh, when we walk through a season of, uh, of death, um, we feel like sometimes, you know, when we as, as believers try to, we come to a funeral or viewing and we try to encourage somebody, we'll say, you know what, the truth is we know where they are. And the truth is we do. And there's sometimes if people feel like, well, if I know that, then I shouldn't feel sorrowful, I shouldn't grieve, it's okay. Because joy is not about a giddy thing. If that was the truth, it would be fragile. Nehemiah said, don't grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. What is he talking about? In the world today, we grieve. Grieve leads to despondency. Despondency leads to helplessness and hopelessness. But I would tell you for the child of God, it is not that place because what joy does, joy steps in and joy takes the sting out of the despondency I do. You know what? The truth is, all year long, I have rejoiced over the fact I know where my mother's at. In fact, this, uh, uh, two days ago, we went out and ate at my mother's favorite restaurant. She loved Pizza King. And so we went to Pizza King, and we had pizza because it was my mom's birthday. And I looked at my sister, and I said, you know what? This is something really incredible. Grandma and Grandpa get to be with Mom on her birthday this year. We may be separated, but they're together. And so I have that sense of hope. But I'll be honest with you. There are some days I'm driving down the road, and I'll see a memory, and all of a sudden tears will start flowing while I'm driving down the road. Does that mean because tears have flown, I don't have joy? Absolutely not. Joy steps in to bring a stability Joy steps in to bring strength. Joy steps in to help me. And it pulls the sting. Oh, death, where is your what? Sting. Joy will pull the sting. Yes, I feel it. But it doesn't lead me to the road where I would go if I didn't have it. Psalm 30 and 5. Weeping. Notice the words, the very important words weeping may endure. There's a season. Weeping may endure, but joy comes. Important words there. Joy comes, say joy comes. Joy comes in the morning. A new season. When the sun rises, what it says to us is yesterday is gone. There's a new season. I don't know about you, but when I wake up at 3 in the morning, problems are 10 times worse than they are after the sun has come up in the morning. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy... Comes in the morning. Really, the direction that I wanted you to pick up this morning is this the key to living is joy. I told you last week, people say, I believe God wants me to have happiness. I do not think God wants you to have happiness. Some of y'all are going, what? What God wants you to have in place of happiness is joy. Because happiness is temporary. Joy will be there during the nighttime hour. Joy will be there when everybody's left. Joy will be there when the bottom has fallen out of your life. It won't take away the difficulty. He said it'll be with you in the difficulty. And describe it this way. Three Hebrew children got thrown in the fiery furnace. But he went in the fire with them. Daniel went in the lion's den. Now, I'll be honest with you. you We super spiritualize it. And Daniel was a mighty man of God. But listen, he's getting ready to get thrown in the den of lions. And and you've got to understand the story here. These are not the well-fed lions you would go see at the zoo. They would not feed them on purpose. Because what they wanted to happen is when they would throw someone into the lion's den, by the time their body hit the floor, it was already in pieces. That was their whole point. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to throw you in the lion's den, and we'll hope it all goes out good for you. It was a place of death. Sure, death. You know, it wasn't like they had a couple small little lions. It was the den of lions. But what happened was they put Daniel over in the lion's den, and the Bible says the angel of the Lord shut the mouth of lions. He took the sting. He's still in the den of lions. He took the sting out. The Bible tells us that the three Hebrew children... That they went into the fire, but the Bible says when they came out of the fire, they didn't have the smell of smoke on them. It took the sting out. The key to living this life is joy. Because you're going to walk through difficulties, and if you have to face it like the rest of the world faces it, is it any wonder? That our world is so messed up today. Don't misunderstand me. I love living in America, but folks are in a mess. The only way to make it through is this. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I want to what I want to do is we're going to um Let's, let, let's begin here in John 15, and then uh, we'll, we'll just take a step a time. How about that? Remember this for today. The key to living is joy. Will you say that with me? The key to living is joy. Will you say that again? The key to living is joy. John 15 and verse 1, I am the true vine. Jesus is speaking here. I'm the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that does not bear fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Here's some really important words. Remain in me. Okay, remember those words because we're going to see them coming up again remain in me as i also remain in you no branch can bear fruit by itself it must remain in the vine neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me i am the vine you are the branches if you remain in me and i in you you will bear much fruit did you pick it up he said again in verse 5 remain in me Apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, if you do not, what are the words? Remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown in the fire and burned. Verse 7, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given, excuse me, it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, here we find it again, remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. All of those are great words but we come to the point where we're like okay what 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 does that have to do with joy where does joy kick in verse 11 I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete so that my joy will be in you, and your joy will be complete. So, the key to living is joy. How do we get joy? This is where I really want to take some time because. I think sometimes, you know, I talked to you earlier about we, we get the idea that joy is just a giddy, happy feeling. Joy is deeper. But what I want to talk about is how joy comes into your life. How do I get joy? How do I know when I have joy? Is, is it something that, you know, at church they, they call people down for and all of a sudden this big shaft of light comes down and I hear a voice and there's a shaking in the building and now I have joy. Anybody in this room ever experienced that? Yeah, me either. We want to talk about how does joy real joy. How does it come into your life? So if the key to living is joy, The key to joy is bearing fruit. Real joy and satisfaction comes as we bear the fruit of a believer because someone who is connected to Jesus is the one that begins to bear the fruit. Look at verses 1 and 2. Jesus said, I'm the vine, my father's the gardener, He cuts off every branch in me that does not bear fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Just like plants, just like trees bear fruit, it is a naturally occurring process. Christians should bear fruit if we are connected to the vine. It happens not as a result of a state of mind or a decision on our part. It happens as a result of being connected to the vine. Remember Jesus' words? Remain in me. Friend, if you're trying to do this life, and you're wanting joy, and you're trying to do it on your own in your own strength, you will not experience joy. Joy does not come as a result of a decision I've made, it doesn't come as a different frame of mind, it doesn't come with a New Year's resolution, it doesn't even come with a want or desire. Joy is only found in Jesus Christ. Just like plants and trees bear fruit, we bear fruit. Some of the fruit that we would bear would be the fruit of personal holiness. Holiness is a purity. Holiness is godliness. Holiness is a characteristic of God and His Spirit who now lives inside of us. It is a fruit that flows from our life it is the fruit of godly character galatians 5 and 22 says but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace forbearance kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law jesus said it this way in the gospels by their fruit you will know them want to ask you today how are you doing with godly fruit not looking at anyone. How are you doing with godly fruit? How are you doing with love? How are you doing with kindness? How are you doing with self-control? Goodness, faithfulness, peace, forbearance. Boy, that's a nasty word, isn't it? In the older translation, that word would have been long-suffering. We don't like either one of those words, especially when they put it together. We don't like it to be long, and we don't like it to be suffering. How are you doing with bearing that fruit? You see, as we grow, these should be things that are evident in our lives. We should also see the fruit of good works. James chapter 2, James says, I'll show you my faith by what I do do. Matthew 3 and 8, Jesus said, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. When we come to Christ, there's a change that ought to take place. Repentance is a change of mind, a turning a 180, walking in the opposite direction. Repentance is is a change in my life salvation says i'm changed and i encourage you make a decision to live for jesus and as believers in christ if you've experienced salvation i encourage you to bear fruit that shouts i am changed because of jesus The key to life is joy. The key to joy is bearing fruit. Here's the last point and we'll wrap it up with this. The key to bearing fruit is this. Remaining in Jesus. We see it in the In the text again and again, verse 4, verse 5, verse 6, verse 7, verse 9, verse 10, remain in me. The word remain in this passage means to sojourn, not to depart, stay close to, remain as close as one to not become separated. It means to lean into and to stay close to Jesus. The Bible conveys this truth again and again and again throughout the gospels, walking with Christ. Paul said, may I be found in him. The scripture says, fellowshipping with Christ, being one. There's a really big phrase right there, being one with Christ. Paul said, that I may know him. Here's what Jesus is really saying in this chapter, in verse, excuse me, in chapter 15. You can't bear fruit unless you abide in me. I pray that the Holy Spirit brings revelation because when we talk about joy, um, We want to pass go, collect our $200, and just get it. We, we want a quick trip. We want a quick fix to be able to walk in joy. Joy doesn't come quickly. Joy is not cheap, and it doesn't come cheap. Joy is not... Uh, a thing that happens to you. Lord Jesus, I, I really need the words today. Joy is not uh, an event. Joy is not an event that happens in your life. Let me, let me give. we, how many of you remember when you gave your heart and life to Jesus Christ? That was an event, wasn't it? There was a change took place in your life, and I think sometimes we think joy comes like an event like that, like like I get with somebody or go to the altar, and I didn't have joy, and now all of a sudden I do have joy. And I'll be honest with you, I talk to a lot of believers, and I think a lot of believers don't understand this process of joy. Jesus he is not making a mistake when you read through this 15th chapter and he starts talking about remain in me he starts talking about bearing fruit what he's really trying to teach us is there is a process and a journey to understanding joy because he goes through this whole thing in the first 10 verses and he says remain in me you know we've come we've come to get the joy sermon And he says, listen, apart from me, you can do nothing, and you need to bear fruit. And if you don't bear fruit, my Father will cut you off. And you're like, wait a minute. And he goes on, he says, and all the branches get cut off. He said, they get thrown in the fire and burned. And you go, where's the joy? Obviously, I came the wrong Sunday. I thought this was joy Sunday. And Jesus says, listen, you got to remain in me. If you remain in me, you'll bear fruit. Part of the fruit you'll bear by remaining connected to me is a thing called joy. Joy. Joy is not an event. Joy is a part of being one. Joy is a settling that comes. Um, Honey, will you come here for a minute? You know, life, uh, Paul and I, uh, last year when, when all the COVID restrictions happened, our anniversary was right smack in the middle of it. And we had made all these big plans for our 30th anniversary. We were going to go out, we were going to do, and we were going to celebrate and party it up. And what we did is we ate at home, yeah. didn't we? We, ate at home. we sat around the table and ate at home. This is year 31. And in those 31 years, there have been a lot, there's been a lot of, like your lives, things we've walked through. Things that we've smiled about, some things we haven't smiled about, some things we've been uh, expressive and happy about, and some of them we've been expressive and not so happy about. (laughs) One of the things I have found is a stability, confidence, a refuge in her now, now, I love all of you, but I don't love you like I love her. Here's what I mean. Um, you know, while while we've walked some journeys uh, with the loss of our parents, there's sometimes, I'll be honest with you, when I'm around everybody else, I really work to keep my composure. I mean, I just, you know, I maybe have to swallow really hard, and you know, you, you I don't do that with her. And you know, I'll be honest with you, I don't do that around all the guys because I'm like, I don't want to cry around the guys. (laughs) You you know what I'm saying? There's this, I don't want to be, I don't want to be that. But I will tell you, uh, we had an event, I'll step back about six years ago. My father had passed away and my My father had been in uh, a nursing home for a few years, and um, he passed away. We had his funeral, and uh, probably two or three months passed, and I got called uh, to go to a nursing home to visit someone who was near death, and he said, will you you go see our father? Uh, We have prayer with him, because they knew it wasn't going to be long, anytime time was going to happen, and he was going to go on to eternity, and so, sure, no sweat. And so, Paul and I go into the nursing home. We walk through the front doors, and we start down the hallway, and everything is fine. Normal, normal day. And uh, we walk by a room, and we walk by this room. This elderly lady, a uh, blood-curling scream, yells out, help me. I, to this day, I cannot tell you what I experienced, but I did experience without even thinking without processing something about the moment and being in the nursing home and my father had been in an alzheimer's unit so it was not uncommon to hear people holler out and things like that in alzheimer's unit and immediately as soon as that lady did that i began to uncontrollably I wasn't crying, I was weeping, uncontrollable, I couldn't stop it, it was one of them where you're like, I can't hardly breathe kind of thing, it's like, and finally, she's just, <laughs> she's patiently waiting, and I'm over here just having a fit, you know, and finally I looked at her and I said, I, I felt so vulnerable, so weak, I said, you've got to get me out of here, I can't stay here. And so in that moment, my wife took me by the hand, and usually I will lead. She led me and got me out of there, and I got in the car, and I cried all the way here, dropped her off. The house. I, I was like, I don't think I can go there. I cried all the way home, got home, and cried some more. Wow, it was one of those moments, and many of you have experienced a similar thing, and you, you understand that feeling. But you know what was so assuring to me? was that I could do, reach over and do this. I didn't have to say anything. I I could just reach over and grab her hand. She didn't have to, she didn't have to explain things to me that day. She didn't have to say, listen, here's what you're going through. Everything's going to be okay. Don't worry. She didn't say any of that. She was just there. Listen, um, I love all of you in the room, but had you been there with me that day, You wouldn't have known what to do with me, and I wouldn't have known what to do with you. (laughs) We'd have been a real mess together, wouldn't we? Now, you see, because some of you I've walked uh, with for a short time. You know, Dennis, yesterday, Dennis and I sat together on the front porch and talked, and I, I thought about how many years we have walked together as friends and brothers in Christ. And some of you, I've just gotten to know you recently, and we're just starting to walk this journey. But I will tell you, even those that I know the most, in those vulnerable moments, it would be very difficult just to find refuge in you. But you know what? Her, she and I have walked a lot of miles together. We've cried a lot together. We've rejoiced together. We've been there. What I'm trying to tell you is that comes out of abiding with her. Listen, wow, one of the, sorry, I didn't plan on this long. One of the things happening in our culture today, uh, in our culture today, we have set marriage aside and we've said, you know what, we're just going to live together. But you know what happens when that happens? There's not a becoming one. Because what happens is, you know, well, you know, if you get a little nasty with me today, fine, I'll just go back to mama's house. (laughs) But when Paul and I stood on the platform and looked at each other and I said, I do, things changed. You know, Justin and Maddie just recently stood here and looked at each other and I said, I do. Something that process begins, a thing that makes us one. And we, we become not just two individuals, we are now one individual. There is a solace that comes as a result of that. There's a connection that is on such a deep level. I'm not sure we can even begin. In fact, the Bible talks about it being like a mystery. We, we can't even fully grasp the depth of it. That's what Jesus, thank you baby, that's what Jesus, (laughs) that's what Jesus is talking about in John 15 where he says, remain in me. Jesus just doesn't want to be acquainted with you Jesus wants that merging of you and him until we, we begin to lose sight of Jerry and we lose sight of Jesus and we become one. Where we're not two individuals, we become one. And here's the point. Hmm. Look, look at verse 11. My Joy may be in you. Okay, there's the key. Joy comes from abiding in Him. Joy comes from walking with Him. You know, people we we trade so often, we, we try to put it into human terms. And we try to make sense of people, I hear people say, Well, well, why do I have to read the Bible all the time? And why do I have to pray all the time? And it, it's kind of like it's it, it's a duty. It's like taking out the trash and, and making the beds. Why why do I have to do that? It's a part of that one, it's a part of that abiding process. I heard I heard such a great actually i didn't hear it i saw it this was a good thing i saw on facebook if you can believe that it said uh, i it said i i hear people all the time say why do i need to go to church to be a christian and they said you don't but you also don't have to live at your house to be married but it sure does help the marriage Why do I have to do these things? It's not that you have to do these things, but these things will enable you to abide in him. Because what will happen is you'll be in a night of tears, and in the midst of the night of tears, he'll remind you, I am with you always. Um, Man, we need joy. We need joy. We need joy in this world We need joy so much, but joy will not be an event. Joy will come as you are connected to the vine. Jesus said again and again, remain in me, and I'll remain in you. And he went through this whole teaching, and then he gets to the end of verse 11. He says, I have told you all this so that my joy may be in you. And when that happens, he says, your joy will be complete. Complete doesn't mean finished. Complete means whole. Complete means healthy. Your joy may be whole. So if you're looking for joy, don't look to find it in a work of acts. If you want joy, run to Him. Remain in Him. Lord Jesus, help us today. Help us today. Help us today. I've said what I needed to say today. Would you stand with me? Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I'm praying today for every person in this room, and I'm praying for people online. I'm praying for anybody who's hearing this today. Lord, that are. Uh, They want so much to experience joy. So so many of them have walked through heavy things. So many of them have walked through difficult things. And and they're grasping and they're looking for joy. Lord Jesus, I pray today the prayer. Help us to remain in you. Help us remain in you jesus you said if we would draw near to you you would draw near to us i pray god for my friends that are listening today that maybe they've kind of moved to the outside edge they they're not uh, in the relationship with you that they once had the life has gotten in the way and as troubles come they've kind of found themselves wanting feeling like they're missing something Lord today we choose to return to you we choose Lord to remain in you we choose we choose today to call on you so Lord in this moment if we've been on the outside edge Lord Lord, we just say right now Lord forgive us Forgive me, God, of getting so busy. And forgive me for looking for mechanical ways to experience joy in my life. Because apart from you, I can't do anything, even walk in peace. So, Lord, today we return to you Today we begin afresh and anew the path of remaining in you so that you remain in us so that your joy may be in us and our joy would be complete. Father, I pray today for those who are in a season of their hearts are broken, they are wounded, they are grieving, they are filled with sorrow on the inside, I pray in the name of Jesus that as a result of looking to you and walking with you, Lord, you'll take the sting out. You'll help them as they walk the journey. Pray, Lord, that you'll lift the burden and you'll walk with them and they'll not feel alone. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will grant us Joy that can only come from walking with you naturally occurring fruit that comes as we're connected to you so Lord today would you help us in Jesus name friend no matter if you're in this room if you're watching online and you've not yet made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life friend I can tell you this you don't need religion but you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. He doesn't want to just give you religion. He wants to give you a relationship that will last your lifetime all the way to eternity. Friend, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, I want to pray a prayer right now. And I just want to encourage you to invite him into your life. If you're in this room and you've not yet made him the Lord of your life, friend, pray this simple prayer with us. And all the cross, the house, the church Would you pray this prayer with me? Let's pray together Dear Lord Jesus I confess That I need you In my life I invite you today To come in And be the Lord of my life I confess That you are Lord I confess Through Jesus Christ, you are my Lord. And I choose today to live for you and to remain in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, the Bible says if we believe, we can be saved. Salvation comes through faith in Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you, if you need some joy, move in close to Jesus. If life has gotten busy, things have occupied your time, move in close to Jesus. Remain in Him. And His joy will be in you and your joy will be complete. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord choose To make his face shine upon you. May the Lord choose. To keep you right in the palm. Of his hand. May the Lord choose today. To look over you. And bless you with his great love. And compassion. May you walk in his favor. Walk in his love. And may. The joy. Of the Lord. Always be your strength. God bless y'all. We love you today. We pray the Lord's very best on your life. God bless you.